I didn't say I wanted to preach on that subject while the congregation was asleep. I'll preach as a dying man to dying men. We are getting our ideas from the Bible. We are taking the listeners for a swim in the text. We believe that only God makes a preacher, but we want to help him be more faithful. This is the Verse by Verse Preaching Podcast with host, Pastor Rob Ginter. What role should reading have for the preacher? To take that further, what are five books we should have on our shelves? Join us today with Dr. Josh Bice. You might remember Dr. Bice from episode nine of the Verse by Verse preaching podcast preaching success complaints and compliments you can find that online on our archives at goversebyverse.com slash podcast dr josh bice is the director of the g3 conference and pastor of praise mail baptist in douglasville georgia dr bice welcome back to the verse by verse preaching podcast good to be with you rob so what is the role of extra biblical reading in the life of a pastor well i think it's critical to be a reader if you're going to be a preacher i think that reading is essential obviously reading the text of scripture and reading the biblical text is at the forefront of what we do but if you're going to study the bible you're going to need to be able to have other books commentaries helpful resources that you can be reading and studying it's like going into a mechanic's garage you're going to be able to see all sorts of different tools that are going to be for various different jobs and and specific aspects of what he does as far as his his role as a mechanic and when you think about the preacher the preacher is going to be reading various different books in preparation for the preaching of Holy Scripture. Some of those books are going to be more uh, doctrinally focused. Some of those books are going to be more technically focused. Some of the books are going to be more of a pastoral approach. It's going to be uh, lending itself to application and illustration. But yeah, he needs to be reading in order to have a well-rounded sermon so that he can uh, best apply that text to his own audience. So how do you balance extra biblical reading with biblical reading? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think you don't start off by reading the commentary before you start reading the text. So you need to be reading the text, having a good grasp of what's happening in that text. Is Paul, if you're preaching, say, from Romans, is he quoting from the Old Testament? If so, you need to have a good grasp as to what text is being quoted how that text is being employed, what are the verbs that are being used in that text of Scripture, which tend to be like the transmission of the text. It provides the movable parts. You need to be able to see how he's using those words elsewhere in the very letter that you're preaching from. So if you're preaching from Romans, then you need to see how is Paul using that specific verb in other places in Romans? How is he using that outside of Romans? How is it used throughout the biblical text itself, maybe from other biblical authors? How is it used outside of the biblical text in Greek literature as a whole? And so you get a good grasp as to that text of Scripture. And then beyond, you would move outside of the text of Scripture to reading good, helpful commentaries. Now, at some point in the process of the sermon preparation, you're just going to have to consult the commentaries. So you want to resist going too early to the commentaries, but the commentary will be your friend to help make sure that you're not somehow off in left field, whereas other trusted theologians are way over here in right field, and yet you're somehow way, way apart from how they've interpreted that text of Scripture. You want to make sure that that you're not all alone, like you're the only guy in church history that's actually figured out what this specific text of Scripture means. 
Speaking of balance, how do you balance extra sermon reading with the reading done in the study process? Yeah, so as far as extra sermon reading, what I'm trying to do when I'm in preparation mode for the the preaching of a sermon on the Lord's Day is, again, there's a routine, there's an ebb and flow to that week. So Monday will start off a bit slower, but then as we get to Tuesday, we're going to be, you know, speeding up that process a bit throughout the week. And yet you're going to have other things that you're going to have to do. So if someone passes away in the church, you're going to have to preach a funeral or you're going to have to prepare to preach maybe or lead a Bible study or a men's group as I do in the context of our own church. Or if you're preaching a Sunday evening sermon, you're going to have to figure out, okay, how much time do I have in the week and how can I divide that time up in such a way that I'm not, you know, making this sermon somehow second rate. And yet this sermon over here is getting the majority of my emphasis. So I think most pastors are probably going to put the the majority of their emphasis on that Sunday morning sermon. But at the same time, if you're, if you're preaching a Sunday evening sermon as well, you don't want to seem half baked uh, in, in that sermon, as opposed, you know, if, if you were to compare that morning sermon and how you approached it and delivered it in the preparation it's going to be quite obvious to the people who are listening whether or not you're prepared for that very sermon. So how do you carve out time for theology books that feed your own soul in the midst of this? Yeah, so in a devotional sense, I think it's important to be reading and thinking through and applying the Bible to your own heart through the process of your preparation to preach. So you want the text to cut you before it cuts others. You want the text to pierce your own soul before it pierces others. But at the same time, there's just going to need to be a devotional reading that happens. And so you might have a a specific plan that you're putting into place that would enable you to read through the Bible at a certain rate. And maybe you want to read a specific catechism, or maybe you want to read through a specific theology book or even some sort of a devotional book that's, you know, heavier on theology that would help you, that would help shepherd your own heart and soul as you're seeking to lead others. One of the tragedies, I think, of pastors is that they become, they become dry theologically and spiritually because of the fact that they're just always pouring out, but they don't have anything else pouring into them. So I think, again, that's one of the reasons that we have a G3 conference is because we want to be a, an encouragement to others. We want people to be able to listen to good sermons and come to those sermons and come to those conferences and, and be encouraged and then go back into the trenches of ministry. So devotional reading for the pastor is extremely important. What are you reading right now outside of the Bible? Currently, I have a list of different books that I'm reading as far as just preparation for sermons. So I've been preaching through an Old Testament survey with the elders of our church. So I have a list of Old Testament uh, books and surveys that I've been consulting. I've been looking at some some different texts like Mark Dever's The Message of the Bible. I've been looking at how different men will take the Old Testament and they will try to do a, a survey of that entire book. So one of the tasks that we've had as elders, because we, we have a rotation on Sunday evenings, is I've tried to say to the elders, we want to preach this one Old Testament 
book in 45 minutes, which is, it's a daunting task if you think about it. And so we've been trying to find good resources and looking at good study notes. We've been looking at the Reformation Study Bible. We've been looking at John MacArthur's Study Bible, the ESV Study Bible, and other specific uh, books and commentaries for these books that can give a good understanding from the, the historical literary context of that setting so that we can summarize everything in 45 minutes. So yeah, from an Old Testament perspective, that's what I've been reading. New Testament, I've been reading all sorts of things related to Romans. Um, we're, again, I'm, I'm working my way through Romans. I'm in chapter 12 now. So I've been reading all sorts of different commentaries and thinking through the various aspects of what's happening in Romans chapter 12, which is a transition from chapters 1 through 11. Now we're getting into the practical aspects. So I'm looking at the marks of a genuine Christian. What does it look like to be a Christian? Um, how do you know that you are a follower of Jesus? So I've, I've been putting a lot of emphasis on reading outside of Romans, say in 1 John, and commentaries related to the marks of a genuine Christian, because that's what I'm preaching over these two months from verses 9 through 21 of chapter 12. It's a heavy emphasis on the marks of a genuine Christian. Great. That's very helpful. And now the impossible task that we've given you as a podcast, give us a list of five must-have books for preachers and pastors. Well, again, I like the way the question is framed because putting together the all-time top five list, I don't really find a great joy in doing that because you're having to cut off so many other really great books. But I would just recommend five good books that I think would help any pastor, anyone who's preaching the Word of God, in order to seek to be a better communicator of, of the Word of God. And again, I'm not going to do this necessarily in the, the exact order from like the best to number five, but I will just say, here's the list. So number one would be The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul. If you haven't read that book, I would encourage you to do so. It helps to understand the character of God and this high transcendent view of who God actually is, this sovereign God who we should have a holy fear and reverence for. So if you're going to stand and preach the Word of God, it should be like Knox said, you know, I've not, I've not really been afraid of preaching preaching, but I've, or, you know, I've, uh, I've been fearful of the devil, but I'm, I'm very much fearful. Every time I stand and, and preach the word of God, it's like he said, his knees were knocking together. He was trembling because of the great responsibility of proclaiming the word. And so have a, a true view of, of God. So read the holiness of God. My all-time favorite book outside of the Bible is The Pilgrim's Progress. And so I love John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress for several reasons, because it's just laced with Holy Scripture, but it's also a means by which we can read and see and get good illustrations and application opportunities so that when we're preaching the Word, we can say, you know, think back and draw from what you were reading and learning in the Pilgrim's Progress. So I find it to be really useful for illustrations, really useful for application. When you have, when you have Christian and you have hopeful and you have them in the, the dungeon of doubting castle. And he finds this key in his chest pocket. Well, that's a wonderful opportunity for you to drive home the importance of biblical text and the study of scripture and the memorization of the Bible so that you can hide God's word in your heart, right? So that you would not sin against him. 
And so this is really good for that purpose. So the Pilgrim's Progress. I would also encourage every pastor to read uh, this, this work by, by Martin Lloyd-Jones, Preaching and Preachers. Now, when you read this book, you're going to find that Lloyd-Jones was extremely passionate about certain things, and he's going to call lots of things an abomination. And it might offend you, quite frankly. At, at every other page, there's an abomination, right? But what you need to discover as you read that book is that it will help you be a better preacher because he's going to be driving you to see and to evaluate how it is that you are actually approaching the pulpit, how it is that you're delivering the word. Uh, do you place great emphasis and do you have a great confidence in the inerrancy and the authority of Holy Scripture? So there's a lot of practical, practical stuff in that book. So I would, I would really encourage that. Also, there's a book by Ian Murray that's uh, titled The Forgotten Spurgeon. What we need to realize when we think about Spurgeon is that he literally shook the world. When you think about how many sermons he preached, you think about how many letters he responded to by hand with, without the help of a word processor or a modern-day computer. You think about just the, the theology that he was taking in personally, how he was reading books each week in preparation for his own personal preaching. Think about the enormous success that came, but then you also think about how he balanced that. He was consistently criticized in the papers of London. And you think about how he died so young at like 57 years of age. This man is gone, but yet he shook the world. And all that he did in training of pastors, shepherding a church, writing books, preaching sermons, and yet there's so much that we don't know about Spurgeon. There's so much that's overlooked. And so Ian Murray does a tremendous job in the forgotten Spurgeon of bringing to the surface things that you might have overlooked with Spurgeon's ministry. So I would commend that book to pastors and to preachers. Also, I think I would like to recommend Calvin's Institutes. There's a lot of guys that claim to be Calvinists. They've never really read much of John Calvin. Um, there's a lot of people that hate John Calvin, but they've not read much of John Calvin. I would encourage people to read the Institutes and to see how he was fighting against false doctrine and how he was a champion for justification by faith alone in Christ alone. So that would be my recommendation. Those five books will help pastors both in theology and in practical aspects as they work their way from the desk to the pulpit on a regular basis. Thank you very much, Dr. Bice. That's a very helpful list for our readers. And now we are in to what we call the lightning round, and you are a veteran of the said lightning round being struck by it previously. And in doing so, I'll ask you three questions that you don't see coming and give us a uh, the answers to those questions in a sentence. Question number one, if you could have a superpower, what would the said superpower be? If I could have a superpower. Well, um, well, I don't know exactly what I would say to that answer. That's that question as far as an answer is concerned. I would say maybe flying, um, just the, the ability to fly, I think is a it's a it's a wonderful thing to fly as far as air travel is concerned. But to just be able to take off and fly, I think would be a remarkable thing to be able to do. Question number 
two. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Mm, this morning was honey nut Cheerios and a banana and coffee. Always coffee. Coffee goes with any breakfast. You know what they you know say. What they coffee say. Is coffee's the most is the important, most important meal, of meal of the day. That's right. And thirdly, give us an honorable mention book other than the five. Maybe pastors who are dealing with issues in ministry that would be helpful? Right off the top of my head, I'm thinking of, say, A Journey in Grace by Richard Belcher. Uh, A Journey in Grace is a little short novel book that's written in a novel format that is giving sort of a journey in a pastor who came to embrace the doctrines of grace. And it puts you at the crossroads of various different theological positions and then drives you to be able to defend that position from the text of Scripture. So he's telling a story as he's also teaching theology in that short book. And it was very helpful for me when I was first trying to wrestle through the doctrines of grace and how to balance that with our call to evangelism and missions. And my pastor gave that book to me. It's been helpful for me to recommend that to others. And so I would certainly do that now. All right. Dr. Bice, thank you very much for joining us on the Verse by Verse Preaching Podcast. Good to be with you, Rob. Before we go, a couple newsworthy notes for our listeners today. Number one, G3 at Sea, the cruise, has a few cabins remaining for January. You can register for that on their website at g3conference.com. And secondly, the second season of the G3 podcast is coming out in December, so keep your ears open for that for those of you who like a good podcast, and I know we all do. I thank you for joining me here on this podcast, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Verse by Verse Preaching Podcast. You can find us online at goversebyverse.com.